No lizards. No aliens. No nonsense. This is Reality Bites in association with Sovereign Independent UK and One World Chronicle. Welcome to Reality Bites Radio on the 13th of November 2014 uh, with our monthly visit by Alan Watts of CuttingThroughTheMetrics.com. You there, Alan? Yes, I am, yep. Good. Um, as uh, I explained to you before, I've uh, moved over to the States and my uh, my partner here, uh, girlfriend, uh, has a severely autistic child. Now, I've never uh, really experienced uh, autism very much, but uh, over the past couple of months, it's, uh, it's certainly kind of hit home as to how um, kind of life-changing it is for the people around the person with autism and how, how, how much effort has to go into kind of not just trying to understand it, but uh, controlling it and, uh, to some extent. Um, my, my girlfriend doesn't use any of the, the pharma drugs. Uh, she just stays away from them completely, um, which means that you, you get to see the, the real deal, as it were. Yeah. And um, this happened uh, straight after the MMR vaccine. I don't want to go into too much details, but the, the vaccine was given against her will. Um, but, uh, and, uh, well, the consequences are there for everybody to see. Um, in terms of autism, I mean, we know... In terms of autism, when, when did this um, first start coming to your attention? Well, back in they knew this back in uh, uh, the 1970s, at least, uh, because they taught in medical school uh, various adverse reactions against uh, uh, the increasing uh, amount of vaccines they were giving very young children. And uh, in fact, there's also controversy at that time because, uh, and it's, nothing has changed as far as the theories all go, that... that uh, Young children under a year or two years, really, their immune system hasn't developed. So the whole idea of a vaccination made no sense at all. In other words, the vaccine is supposed to put something into your system, uh, which is weakened, a virus or whatever, and generally a virus, and uh, it gives your, 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 your natural immune system a chance to find ways to beat that. And then when the real thing comes along, the full strength thing, it can destroy them. Well, if your immune system isn't working yet, uh, it made no sense to inject uh, lethal stuff into babies, basically, um, because they couldn't, uh, they couldn't fight this new thing and they couldn't produce the antibodies, uh, supposedly, that would make it uh, effective uh, when the real thing came along. Uh, but it's made no, made no difference at all. The same mandate's gone on ahead because big pharmacology and the big lobby groups in pharma, uh, and you know, governments run on lobby groups now and, and the politicians are elected, basically, by the money that backs them. And the money that backs them has all got strings attached to it. So it's a catch-22 where big business runs uh, the medical system and uh, they won't turn, uh, turn around and look at all the data that's come in uh, since uh, this new kind of autism came up. The old kind of autism, really, uh, you could tell uh, from birth. And it was very rare uh, that there was something wrong. The normal milestones, even within the first year, in autistic children didn't develop. They didn't get to the stage of dada, mama, and, and so on. Whereas the new type come after generally the inoculations, the MMR especially, uh, and all the other hosts they're giving them before they're a year old now, and suddenly they start to regress. They're already saying mama, dada, and then they go, they go backwards again and, 
and then they stay that way pretty well. That's the new kind of autism. Well under, well accepted, and as I say, in medical universities and so on, uh, in their tuition, but it's not known to the public. And, and uh, the big battle has been for, for, since then is how to suppress the information uh, because the medical systems, again, run by pharmacology. More and more so, in fact. In fact, the big, big pharma, starting with the, the Rockefeller brothers long, long ago, um, took over. They created the American Medical Association, for instance. They became the world leader for a long time. And, um, and they set up the whole uh, indoctrination, educational system for, for training uh, doctors. And so they've become the pushers of drugs mainly. And along with that comes a religion, a belief system that you better go along with it. And along with it also comes this belief system that it's for the greater good. And for the greater good, you'll always get so much of a fallout and adverse reactions. That's accepted all through our system of money and profit and so on. Uh, from from putting a nuclear reactor in your area, they even work out how many will come down with cancers in that area, uh, and it's an acceptable loss versus the economic benefits. That's how they work it out. It's the same thing with all these vaccines. So the belief system, the religion that goes along with it, is that uh, yes, you'll have because of different genes and so on and body types because they're all different, you know. Uh, but there's always a certain category uh, of uh, you might go through life perfectly fit and well and healthy. Uh, but if you get that vaccine and your genes react to it uh, in a different fashion than, than say, the majority, uh, then you'll become done with a severe handicap for the rest of your life. You know? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because um, I was wondering, I mean, is, is this some form of experiment to to try and find out, uh, how can I put it, but what, well, what I was thinking was that um, possibly, as you say, if, if you're genetic, genetically prone to uh, have this effect through whether it's a mercury or, or some other uh, ingredient in the vaccine, um, and, and obviously the, the excuse that people say, well, it's not the vaccines because everybody would be autistic, you know, um, yeah. but obviously some people are more prone to it than others. And uh, yeah. go, go, going back to, to Russell and people like that who, who wanted to find out who the intelligent people were. I mean, is this is this a, is it possible that they've, they've actually, they actually know that uh, these vaccines will um, to use the word that's in the chat box lobotomize people who do have um, what would be termed exceptional intelligence? Yes, uh, but also too, people don't realise there are different batches of uh, vaccines. They're carefully monitored for batches. And for instance, in Britain, uh, with the National Health Service, it was the greatest experiment of all because they could give certain uh, batches to, say, uh, the ordinary schools, the public schools. The public schools in Britain, as you know, uh, it's different from the US. The public schools are actually private in, in Britain, whereas the, the general comprehensive schools are for the general population go, the taxpayers. Uh, so the, there's different batches go to different ones. But it is interesting that the initial studies that came up showed that uh, these things were breaking out first in the, amongst the ordinary population where their children went to the tax-funded schools as opposed to the private tuitions and so on. So there's different batches, and they're well aware of what they're doing as far as I'm concerned because uh, the greatest problem they had, uh, even when they first came out with the vaccines uh, on a national scale, is, uh, is was political actually. Uh, they had uh, rough revolutions going on in Russia and different places. Uh, they were afraid of the, the power if the working class ever had more and more power in a true democracy. 
And so uh, they tried to stymie it in so many ways. But one of the things they came up with, too, is to basically drop the IQ points of people. And we know today, for instance, it's, dro- it's plummeting even more. With more vaccines, the IQ is going down all the time, officially from the United Nations reports themselves. And so I'm sure the UN is very happy with their own reports since they're, they're, they're all on board with this whole agenda. Uh, so um, I think it was about two years ago they announced that it was down another five points. Well, your IQ doesn't drop just like that. It's innate. You're born with it, basically. You can hone certain skills, absolutely. Uh, but you're born with it, and, and, and so it's dropping uh, as time goes on, and that's just not normal at all. So uh, the, the fingers all point to poisons of all kinds, of course, and industrial, we're, we're post-industrial, but still a lot of chemicals around. And then you have all this incredible um, amount of vaccines they're pumping into young children and pregnant mothers, which used to be forbidden, because the, the, the fetus, as it's developing, is incredibly prone uh, especially males, they're more prone to these things, especially autism. Uh, I think it's a 60% chance, more chance of, of boys getting it than 40% of, of girls. Uh, so uh, as if the fetus is developing in the womb and the mother's taking all these shots, uh, then uh, it, it makes an incredible difference, uh, along with the bisphenols and all the rest of the stuff and mercury that they pump in. But um, I think personally, too, it's also to do with the types of, of viruses that they're pumping into the children, these are attenuated viruses, but they're also, some of them, they're, they're modified. They're modified in laboratory. The same laboratories, by the way, that also work with uh, viral and bacterial warfare for, for national governments. Uh, so they're coming up with these things, they're putting them into children, something that's never been seen in the human body before, technically. Uh, there's no memory in any of the cells and how to cope with these things. And so uh, a certain percentage will always come down with uh, the problems, uh, with, de- vet- with obvious symptoms. But I think the general population are affected regardless in other ways, including the cancers and so on. Yeah. When, when you talk about uh, different batches being sent to different places, I mean, presumably we're talking about different countries as well. Um, and... Obviously, they're studying the effects of uh, these vaccines. Um, do, you, do you think they're, they're searching for a specific effect? As, as I say, there was a political furor when, when vaccines become, uh, were being talked about. The, the big globalists of today, even the Fabian Society writers especially, uh, were petrified about helping, see the poor. And they said there's too many of them now. Uh, eventually, we'll, we'll, they knew back in the early 1900s we would eventually go into a post-industrial era, and uh, they're always planning 50 to 100 years ahead all the time, and uh, and and they thought that too many people in the working class uh, who were unemployed and so on would overthrow the system of the natural-born leaders, which was the upper elite, you see. So they, they discussed this, and they were furious about it. And then, uh, of course, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, that has one of its branches called the Royal Society, which deals with the sciences, uh, toyed with the idea, uh, using their favorite, most favorite slogan in the CFR, Royal Institute for International Affairs, they said, don't look upon this as a disaster. We can, how can we use it to our advantage? And they actually toyed with the idea of reducing lifespans with it, uh, and again, selling it even to... to to the medical profession with, yes, they might die faster, but their lives will be disease-free for a certain amount of time. And so like this nice, nice kind of rationale to make it sound more pleasant, and that kind of holds true today, by the way. They knew, for instance, that the polio vaccine 
uh, had simian 40 virus as well as about 100 other viruses contained in it. And they, they gave it to all the children across Britain, for instance. And that was the first generation that came down with all brand new kinds of cancers very quickly. Uh, and uh, it's been awfully successful as far as a depopulation agenda goes. There's no doubt about that. So uh, that ties in with the big, big uh, meetings they had across Britain and in other countries to do with the future, having too many uh, of the, 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 the failures, you might say, the ones that Darwin had left behind hadn't evolved properly, all the working classes, because H.G. Wells and many others decried this, this uh, and Bertrand Russell even decried this helping fight diseases. In fact, Russell, uh, who attended all the world meetings, he worked with the Frankfurt School, the Macy Group, and so on, uh, and the, the, the League of Nations and the United Nations, he said that it's a pity we couldn't get a new bubonic plague that would wipe out most of them. They're quite open. And this is in their own writings. You can find, read their own books today, and uh, they help set the agenda for the present. So we're living through a, an awful lot of uh, um, social planning, uh, political social planning. They both, they both go together. And even indoctrinating the people themselves, the victims, that there's too many people, so that the victims themselves are parroting this kind of stuff through all the different shows on television, etc. Uh, you can normalize the, 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 the effects, the side effects, uh, by withholding information and saying, well, it's across the general population, but they don't, they don't tell you the specific groups that are being targeted first and show the symptoms of these uh, uh, vaccines first. We know it's, it's almost impossible to hide it today. In fact, China came out with a study this year. It was based in Shanghai, China, and uh, they found that, that the biggest problem causes of morbidity and mortality worldwide, and, uh, uh, and but especially in China, cause that was one because they, they studied the American data and so on too. But in China, they found that um, in 2009, but it was published this year. 42% of the, the problems with young children, pediatric uh, drug reactions and so on, were caused by vaccines. Uh, so, so, so it's 42%. And, it's, and they say themselves it's underreported because many of their physicians also brush off the symptoms. Uh, but these were, these, these were all reported by doctors themselves, not parents, uh, after getting uh, vaccines to the children and watching uh, the symptoms going from mild skin rashes to deadly reactions like anaphylactic shock and death and so on. So, as I say, it's, it was published uh, by the Institute for Safe Medication Practices and it's the top 15 drugs as well, causing serious adverse re- uh, reactions in children. So they are, they're well under, uh, aware of it. Uh, of, of, uh, it's the most common problem with pediatric children. Is, uh, is death and and uh, various nasty reactions uh, from mild to severe after vaccinations. Yeah. Well, of course, Martha said that uh, doctors were doing, a bad, were doing a bad job keeping people alive. And um, in, ter- in terms of doctors, I mean, they, they obviously see the effects of the, yeah. the, vac- the vaccinations they've given. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there must be many, many doctors out there who know the, the cause, and yet you know they, they continue to to give vaccines to children. And um, surely there's got to come a point where, where some of these doctors are, are taken to court because they're, they're, not, they're knowingly um, severely damaging children and, well, and adults as well, of course, uh, through the, the free flu shots and everything. Um, do, I mean, do you ever see the day where, where these doctors, some of them at least, uh, who possibly aren't making as much money as the big guys, um, 
step up to the plate and say no more. Because I mean, they're, they're uh, yeah, that they're they're happy in some. They're crucified. They're crucified in the press because the press is owned, of course, by the big moguls that belong to the same big top elite agencies and um, all working together. A lot of their advertising actually comes directly or, or, or indirectly from pharmacology and so on. Uh, so, and, and the medical associations themselves uh, want to maintain the power that they have. I mean, it's a great thing to have the title and it goes to a lot of folks' heads. But also, the, all, all doctors are licensed, and they do like the money they get. It's rather good money, uh, and they don't want to lose their jobs. Uh, this is a, an unfortunate trait with our system today that's getting worse and worse all the time, where greed is good, that's taught in university today, and, and don't feel guilty about getting stinking rich at any cost. Uh, and that's taught to even the bankers now and universities, but, um, and that's Milton Friedman's uh, philosophy. So uh, but it's also through the medical association as well. It's, a, it's an awfully great uh, uh, income. Uh, and and uh, the last thing that they want is to lose that kind of income and the incredible status that goes with it, where they've taught the public to worship them through mass um, drama portrayals and, and television for years and years and years, beginning with Dr. Kildare way back yonder and, and going on ever since. Uh, and, and all the movies they put out too. So they've given them almost a, mad, a magical status, a superior. But medicine itself is nowhere near as exact as it, it, they like to portray to the general public. So they need that persona, that fake persona of magic and superiority to get the public to go along with things. Yeah. Uh, somebody in the chat box saying that uh, many people don't even see the doctor nowadays. It's, uh, it's somebody, a nurse or a health worker. And that's right. Ministers of vaccines, and uh, I assume they know very, very little at all about what they're doing. But um, I'm sure, I'm sure the doctor certainly does. I mean, I, I can't imagine any of these doctors don't have some idea that uh, what they're doing is wrong. They're well aware. They're well aware because they they get the the infants coming in, and they vaccinate them, and they see them within a week or so, uh, with the, the, the with the the next day, often the second or third day, with the high temperature. The doctors are trained now that that's all normal, uh, and they tell the, the parents, oh, that's okay, it's just a little fever, uh, and they'll get over that. But they don't tell you the consequences of a lot of them that, that once the, that di- fever dies down. A lot of that fever is centered right in the brain. Uh, and when you get fever, high temperatures in the brain, uh, with, with, with young brain cells and so on, a lot of them are destroyed, and it disrupts the neural pathways, etc., uh, and not only in the brain itself, it also affects the, the very new system, the endocrine system that deals with hormonal messaging and so on between different organs and secretions, etc. So it disrupts everything, uh, including uh, the development themselves of normal cell growth in the body. So they're well aware of all this stuff, but uh, doctors, as I say, uh, in this present day and age, is even worse. The Greed is, is their primary thing, that not very few of them. I mean, I think it was Dr. Was it Wakefield in Britain came out and he was crucified by the British Associate Medical Association and the US one. Uh, and, uh, and he came out with concrete proof and so on. And then, of course, the other side do their, their, their own studies with their paid characters to write up glowing reports to repudiate it. But uh, the facts are still there and this keep getting repeated all the time, like this recent study from China. So there's no doubt about it. The GPs are, are well aware of it. They'll never admit to it because they personally don't want a lawsuit and they don't want to lose the status and incredible income most of them get. 
Uh, somebody in the, the chat box asking if, uh, if if you have an issue with the science of vaccines. Well, I mean, the science of vaccines is a kind of misnomer, isn't it? Um, the whole thing is is bogus. Um, what, what would your your take on that be? Well, it, it, a lot of it is kind of bogus. It's based based on theory. And what you find too, a lot of these, it's like the flu vaccination, and I've read many articles about the flu from the, the medical associations themselves uh, on, before the flu season starts, for instance. And I know the theory is oh, we always pick the three prevalent ones in China or somewhere, and we try to put them together that year to prevent the flu, but it's always the wrong one. They always tell you in the spring, oh, here's the results of it. We got them all, the wrong ones picked. We didn't realize this other flu would be more prevalent. This is what they always tell you. Uh, and any studies that have been done on follow-up show you this, this, the same amount and often more of the people who got the vaccinations got flu than the ones who didn't. That's standard every darn year. Uh, so the whole thing is pretty well bogus. But the effects, the adverse effects of the flu shot are well known too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed it particularly since coming over to to the states. I mean, everywhere you go, there's the signs up for uh, free shots for anything. They've got them in grocery stores and everywhere. Some of these these shots too. They had the, the aerosol ones for a while there, and you went into shopping malls and you smell this this kind of ether smell, and and they're spraying they're spraying uh, people directly in nasal sprays to get the shot. Some of them, and you're 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 smelling this stuff. It's traveling all through the air in the mall, and you didn't get permission to get that thing. Is they're giving it to someone else, and and you're and you're also injecting it and, and and so on, in grocery stores and places like that where there's food around. There's even cafeterias and hospitals in New York that were injecting the nursing staff with. So it's just incredible how they can go against all their own hygiene uh, uh, reports and so on and, and do this kind of thing because big pharma and the big industry that terrifies the public to get shots uh, tends to work more than reality and common sense. Yeah, just what you're saying there about uh, the, the nasal spray one, the flu mist. Uh, somebody in the, the chat box pointed out there's live virus in that. So, I mean, that's, that's getting sprayed around the hospitals as, as they're doing it. It's like yes, it is. So, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And, and even in the polio vaccines too, they gave the polio vaccines early on in the, the 50s, say, in the 40s and 50s, and they found on follow-up too. See, polio, most of, these, most of these viruses pass through people harmlessly. And it isn't unless you have maybe an injury in the body, a lot of the viruses will embed itself in and take off. Again, on some people... It depends on your gene type. Uh, it doesn't mean it's hereditary. It means that the, the two parents, the particular mix of the two genes, create a, a different uh, outcome uh, in, in the child. And and you may be perfectly normal as that child, but something that wouldn't harm either parent even um, will, will affect you. They're well aware of this kind of thing. And so the, certain enough that these viruses embed themselves in the gut, for instance, Especially, and once it's in the gut, it tends to stay that way. They found that, that by the way, they found uh, some of the vaccines from uh, childhood vaccines. They found uh, the attenuated viruses, and these attenuated viruses, because because they're created in a lab, or have actually uh, signatures on them. They can actually identify the labs that grew them, and so on. And they find them twenty years later in the gut to that same uh, person they had as a child. So, so, uh, and they're and they've got autism as well. And these have all been repetitive studies that keep showing the same things over and over and over. So there's no mystery. There's a massive suppression, uh, and so much so that, that even 
you find that uh, I, I think there was a lawsuit filed, filed, uh, filed in 2010. Uh, two Merck virologists did it uh, under the False Claims Act against former employer, and they alleged that the vaccine maker lied about the effectiveness of their mumps vaccine. And uh, the U.S. court judge uh, gave the law site a, a green light to, to go ahead. And they got the emails coming from the top people in the CDC telling the, the other people to be awfully careful about the sensitive data they might have to hand over and, and to hide other stuff and only give so much to the judicial committee that were investigating it. And there's another lawsuit against that now. So that even the CDC that's supposed to look over these things is totally corrupt. But, but that's nothing new about the CDC. Yeah. Well, any more than the, the World Health Organization. Um, yeah. In, t- in terms of, uh, I mean, autism spectrum disorder, I mean, it, co- it covers a vast kind of um, array of, of different um, neurological or- disorders. It, it's, it's almost just uh, they've got all these um, disorders, for want of a better word, and uh, just lumped them all into this uh, thing called autism. And um, as, as you said earlier, the, the experiment with different uh, batches of vaccines it's, it's, I mean, do you, do you think they're creating a different um, problem with each of these batches and they know what they're doing in, in terms of um, specifically creating a, a problem to, to study it? Or? I, I'm pretty certain they do that too. Uh, a long time ago, before they had, say, for instance, the greatest thing to experiment with is when you have a national health service uh, under a centralised authority like the British Commonwealth countries and Britain itself has uh, because then you have instant feedback to data to a central uh, group who, who get access to all that data, and even the ones that are feeding it up from different areas don't get access to the, all of the data, you see, so it's, you can keep it very secretive at the top. And so they, they, they did definitely experiment um, on certain selective areas within a national health service in certain regions uh, to find out effects of various uh, vaccines uh, and medications. And they still do it today, by the way, for the greater good, of course. That's the excuse they always give when they're found out. But... Uh, you're dealing with governments, remember, that sprayed various uh, poisons on the general public, even radioactive ones, back during the Cold War. I've even put all the links up on uh, cuttingthroughthematrix.com in the archive section and programs on them because th- these were put out even by ex-government employees uh, coming out admitting this stuff using footage of them spraying around areas of England and Norfolk um, to, to, to find uh, the coverage rates If the Russians ever attacked and used this method We'll try it first in a milder form But the milder forms actually had uh, uh, Forms of uh, cadmium in it And so on like that Highly highly carcinogenic And so uh, we're all guinea pigs Absolutely for, for much much bigger plans There's no doubt about that at all But with national health services They can follow you through your whole life From birth to death and they've got a complete list of everything that they've given to you, every doctor's visit, every medication given to you, every vaccine. And so it's perfect. They're perfectly aware of what's going on, yeah. Okay, the question is, was a, a two-part thing. Um, in terms of, uh, like, okay, um, when I was young, I got, I got vaccines now. I, I don't know if I was damaged in any way, whatever. I, I have no way of knowing, I suppose. Um, but um, maybe I'm just not susceptible to it. I, I, I've not, I don't know. Uh, I couldn't answer that. But uh, the question was, um, I've had my vaccine shots before. I even had a thought of the harm these things do, like when I was really young. Is there any, any way to get this stuff out of your system afterwards? You oh, you'll get a lot of, of the alternative uh, side of things, claiming everything under the sun, because it's big, just as much big money and, and all the alter- alternative health industry as there is in the pharmacological industry. It's all based on fear. But uh, both of them, but um, uh, 
if it's a virus that embeds itself in, say, the gut lining, I'm talking about in the cells themselves. Uh, this was all done, remember, these vaccines during a time, uh, especially during World War II, where they found a method to strip off the outer membrane of, say, bacterium and so on, and you could actually merge it with, with forms of viruses uh, and, uh, and, and attenuate, again, attenuate the nucleus of the actual thing and put it out there in spray form. They tried this in Canada during World War II on different parts of the population, and that came out in a book from, using completely declassified information from the Canadian government under the Freedom of Information Act, but in a book called Canada's Secret War, or Deadly Allies was the other title of it, because uh, Canada led the world in this. And once these cells get into your body, uh, they literally embed themselves. Uh, they're not recognized by the phagocytes that kill them off, that patrol your body, and the leukocytes and lymphocytes and so on. And they embed themselves inside your normal, real cells, different kind of tissue cells, and and uh, they're designed to go actually to go into different kinds of tissue cells, specific ones, even even the ones in your brain. And and once they're in there, the phagocytes uh, can't recognize them. They, they, they might know there's something around there, but they can't identify what it is because your own membranes of your normal cells hide them, cloak them, and they breed inside there. And what they do then is burst. Uh, once there's enough of them, that's your, your standard uh, nasty, nasty, the, the bad diseases work that way. And then they immediately seek out good cells and embed themselves inside that, the new ones. Uh, sometimes that's what creates a lot of the autoimmune problems, in fact. They'll say, for instance, your rheumatoid arthritis. We don't know what causes it. It's a mystery, they've said, for about 100-odd years. Nonsense. Your body's detecting something, even the waste products coming from these things, and it attacks the area, either your joints or your tendons to the joints and so on, and you end up with fibromyalgia and all kinds of problems and arthritis. Uh, your, your body's attacking something. It can't identify, identify the actual, get at the actual ones hiding inside your cells, but it's around that area. Or it's in the intestine, and you end up with all kinds of Crohn's disease problems and things like that. So they're well aware uh, of this, but they can't tell the public. Again, for the greater good, you might get diphtheria and die if you don't get the vaccines and all that nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I read um, something on the air uh, a few weeks ago. I, I might even actually talk to you about it. Um, whereby they'd, um, they'd, they've given whooping cough vaccine, pertussis vaccine, to pregnant women yeah. in the UK. Yeah. And yeah. It, it actually says on the insert that it's never been tested on any animals and they, they don't know if it damages the fetus or not. And yet, you know, the doctors will give it to women. I mean, that's, that's surely some form of, uh, well, neglect at least. Yes, and also, uh, I think it was about a year, two years ago, I think in the UK as well, um, or definitely maybe the States, but they, it came out too uh, that uh, uh, they had an outbreak of it and, it, and, it, and, it, and they had to admit themselves, the medical associations had to admit that, that it was a, a, they came out after they'd given the shots out in certain areas. The areas that didn't get the shots didn't get the whooping cough at all, so it was definitely vaccine-caused. Yeah, I have a question here. It's kind of kind of a bit off topic. Um, uh, could you ask Colin to discuss Arthur Kessler's book "Goes in the Machine" in relation to lobotomizing the critical thought area of the brain? Yeah, um, there's no doubt about this. Uh, as I say, we're the most studied species on the planet. Forget all the animal wildlife and all that. Uh, we are, we are the most studied species on the planet because everything is a system here, and a system runs on having a majority of the public 
working, paying taxes, so that a small elite can always live higher than the rest of you. And the elite always uh, run the money system, uh, the governmental system they run and own, and they also decide um, uh, to use scientific management. So they hire all the specialists, you see, so they even make sure they're trained in universities, certain groups, to, to, to be their specialists, to, 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 to con us, and also to use sciences upon us and so on. But they did discuss an awful long time ago about, uh, and, and the Soviets were awfully big into this too, this old footage, in fact, up on YouTube, where they were so intensely um, uh, fascinated by the brain. If they could understand the brain, Pavlov was into it too, but if they could understand it perfectly, they can control the people and get rid of all the, the, the nuisance factors that people bring along with them as humans uh, to be managed well, in other words. And there's this whole, um, that, that there was prison camps in the Soviet Union early on too in the 20s where they had the skulls, the skull tops of people lying in beds and they were doing all the probing and stuff and so on and so on to find out specific areas, uh, taste, smell, uh, thinking, all these things, the emotional side, the temporal lobe, all of these different things. And they pretty well mapped it well. It was so perfect, in fact, that they actually were, were cutting heads off dogs. And, and they, they, I put the YouTube link up, the old footage that, that they showed in Britain as they were glorifying the early Soviet Union in Britain, by the way. And you, you see that the, the dogs, they'd start pumping blood into it and so on, into the head, and the eyes open and it blinks and they'd put a feather to its nose and it reacts and all that. They were, but remember, that's what they showed the public. They were way ahead of that. They'd done it with prisoners as well, taking their heads off and done this kind of thing, way back in the 1920s. And what they were really after was that part, they call it the ghost in the machine, the part that makes you you an independent and sometimes a problem because you like your independence and so on. And that's not good for managing people when you're independent. Uh, so they want, want to find areas of the brain where if they could interfere with that, then uh, the, the, then you would be a follower, a passive follower, and a, and a very obedient one at that. It's been the dream right up to the present time of the elitist groups, including the transhumanist groups. So uh, they, they pretty well mapped the parts of the brain where they're critical and work together to do with uh, independence, critical evaluation, decision-making, all of that kind of thing. They know where they are. And, and because um, enzymes, for instance, that feed different cell tissues are awfully, awfully interesting, but they, uh, they've always known, for instance, for an awful long time that certain cells, tissue cells, gather their food off the carriers that come along, the enzymes, uh, because those, enz- those particular enzymes vibrate at a certain uh, small, very small electrical frequency. They'll pass the different tissues, but once it gets to the one uh, that it's meant to go for uh, or attracted to, the, the, the cell that's attracted to has the same vibrational frequency and it crosses over. And it feeds that specific thing to that particular tissue. The same thing happens in parts of the brain with the neurotransmitter chemicals and so on. And so they know, they know darn well how to switch things off and on in the brain by putting in uh, parallel frequencies, even adding certain things to your diet or a vaccine for it doesn't matter, uh, or even spraying it on you from the air, it doesn't make any difference. And they'll, be, they'll travel to that particular part of the brain using this as a similar frequency, but there's something altered within it. The brain will accept it, say the tissue in a certain area will accept it as a proper transmitter chemical and so on, a nutrient, uh, and it will actually switch it off.
That's the big area they're still, they're still working on today. Big, big science there uh, working on turning on the different transmitters in the brain. And in fact, even the published material they'll put out for the general public say, oh, they could switch off pain centers and switch off this and switch off. Yeah, but they can also switch off your decision-making too, you see, and make you very passive and obedient and easygoing. Yeah, very likable, but easygoing uh, and, and obedient to the system. That's what uh, Brzezinski and others said a long time ago in their own writings, Zygmunt Brzezinski uh, and, and many others, uh, that uh, eventually, and the Club of Rome said it too, that democracy wouldn't work, that passive people, it says the general public wouldn't need their critical thinking abilities because the state, from an early age right through life, will be making all their decisions for them. That's the ideal population for, for the world, uh, for the future, and, and the present actually. Yeah, it's, um, in, in terms of the um, the vaccines and, and other toxics, as you say, stuff sprayed on the air or stuff in the food or whatever, um, do, you, do you think that they're trying to bring about that kind of the perfect um, cocktail of toxins to... Oh, they've done it. They, they, they've done it. So Bertrand Russell wrote about it, and he had two books, science, The Impact of Science on Society, uh, and another book on science too, but, but he said in it, he said... Um, this is what he said. I'll be as close as I can to what I remember as a paraphrase. But he said, he was talking about the problems with society not being obedient and this problem of independence and independent decision-making and so on as far as managing the herd goes, as he calls them. But he said that we will have various things, poisons and so on, uh, in the food, it says the problem is do we put it in the food, the water, or vaccine, or or, or, vac- or vaccinate them, it into them, and he said we shall do this definitely, but by all these methods, plus we shall um, by by means of the needle, he says uh, we can uh, decrease their IQ points and so on, and that's exactly what we're seeing today. Yeah, yeah. I just think of the the alphas in uh, in Brave New World. That's where all it came from. And remember, that Brave New World was written about 1933. And, uh, and the Huxleys, of course, were big into this uh, world management system. They were the scientific elite class. Uh, in fact, Julian Huxley, the brother of Aldous, said that uh, when he worked at uh, um, the United Nations. And he was also a Planned Parenthood. He was a co-founder of Planned, Parent- Planned Parenthood, depopulation of the working peoples and so on. But he was also into finding ways of, again, uh, uh, making them more compliant, obedient by, by, by the use of science. If the science could be improved to attack certain parts of the brain, they could control whole, whole populations. They also add, add, you add into this mix what Brzezinski said, too, in Between Two Ages, uh, the book. Uh, he said that we, have, we now, back in the 70s, we now have the means of uh, using frequencies, uh, uh, across whole continents, certain frequencies, low low frequencies, which can pacify the general population and make them very happy, etc., uh, etc., et even under conditions, of course, that they shouldn't be happy. So uh, this has all been done today with the cell phone groupings across uh, whole whole nations now. Yeah. yeah, of course, they also said that people would come to love their servitude uh, if they're actually known they were slaves. Yes, a lot of them do actually. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Um, I think I've, I've noticed slightly more over here sometimes. I think um, just uh, the culture is a bit more. Uh, how can I put it? Just it's just all about entertainment over here. You know, to be entertained, and I, I, I mean, it's, it's bad in the UK, but I don't, I don't think it's as, as bad as it is here. But of course, uh, I suppose uh, America had it first, 
and uh, it's certainly um, made good use of it. Um, in terms of uh, again uh, going back to the 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 vaccinations, I mean, how how far do you think they're going to take this, or is it just going to be you get something at birth, and that's going to that's going to cover everything? That's going to make you this docile uh, adult in later life for how, however long you're allowed to live. Maybe there'll be a, a, a something in it that um, kills you off at 30 or 40 years old or, or whatever. I mean, it, it's already pretty well. It's, it's actually already here. I mean, the cancer rates are, are phenomenal. Um, uh, I've talked to doctors in hospitals that deal with cancers uh, in different uh, countries and, and and surgeons, you know, and, and they're finding new kinds of cancers all the time that they've never ever seen before. So many they can't even put names to them. Uh, they're so quick in appearing and they grow incredibly fast. They target specific tissues, absolutely. Uh, and um, in a very short time, the patient's dead. Uh, these are again new specific types of cancers uh, across the whole, especially uh, uh, civilized globe. Especially under civilized, that means you're, you're more prone to get all the vaccinations and, the, and the special foods and everything else. So it's already pretty well here. Uh, the life expectancy is not going up at all for most folk, um, men and women. Uh, and uh, uh, cancers are killing them off. Uh, there's no doubt about it. The IQ is dropping, so it's already working very well. As, as far as the big boys are concerned, uh, and the public are not reacting. As Bertrand Russell said eventually too, is, and remember he was one of the top creators of the present culture they were living in today, and even changes in the culture you haven't experienced yet. He and the big planning committees worldwide uh, for the United Nations worked on, on step by step how to degrade and bring down the cultures and then how to manipulate them into and the new cultures, etc. And he said eventually with the use of all these methods, meaning the food, water, inoculations, vaccines, and the use of the needle, especially, to dumb folk down. He said a revolution would become impossible. As impossible as it would be for a sheep to complain about the price of mutton. That's what he said. Well, I personally think that that's here. Yeah. Well, it's a perfect analogy for the sheep that are walking about on two legs around here. Um, the Going back to the, the, the doctors, um, I mean, in, t- in terms of their own children, I mean, they, mu- they must have, um, I don't know if they have a bit of a dilemma, uh, do, do they do they get um, special vaccines for them? Some of them, uh, I know, uh, have had uh, different vaccines for their children. Other ones don't get them to, to them at all. I think there was even an interesting article came out about a year ago on some uh, TV, per- America's great for the TV personalities who even have it in patriot movements. That was create a personality, big marketing agendas professionally done. But uh, I think it's a Dr. Oz that was on television. Uh, he's always pushing the vaccinations. Then it came out that he had massive personal shares in the vaccination companies that he was uh, and the, the vaccines he was pushing. But in an interview, uh, uh, and I think he said in the interview, uh, this was caused a bit of a scandal. He says that he doesn't allow his own children to be vaccinated. Yeah, well, I think that's um, fairly typical of uh, a lot of the, the how should we put it, the better paid doctors. Um, I did, I did see. I think it's a book by. Um, Oh, I can't remember his first name was Neil as well, um, but uh, he, had, he had all the graphs in there of the all the the so-called childhood illnesses and uh, showing where the vaccine came in almost as uh, those diseases were eradicated. And there are also charts in there for how many doctors uh, and nurses and general medical staff 
um, vaccinated as children, and it was a, a very, very low percentage. Yes. I also know, I also know for a fact, uh, I mean, and it's, it's also proven too by the articles in the mainstream even, where they're actually having to force nursing staff in the States, and maybe, maybe elsewhere too, but in the state, across different states, in New York especially, that's where it all started, uh, they're forcing them to take the vaccines and believe in their own profession, in other words, the drug industry, um, if they want to keep their jobs or, or they're fired immediately. But I also know personally, by talking to different ones, uh, that, that some of the doctors and, and the nursing staff had agreed to, to write down that they'd given each other the shots when they hadn't, because they really don't trust them. Now, when the medical profession involved don't trust them because they see the effects, it's, it's just so, it, it's evil. There's another term for it. It's evil to force the population to believe that this is all good for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if anybody in the medical, medical profession, doctors, nurses, whatever, uh, takes that kind of approach and, and chooses to, to falsify documents to suggest that they've taken a vaccine and have not, and then they go on to administer it to somebody else, um, yeah. there's, got to, there's got to be some level of criminality there. Oh, there, de- there definitely is, but the whole system we live in, and I, I have no problem saying this, it's, an, it's a corrupt system. It is a criminal system. The only reason it isn't called criminal is because the, the, they run the legal system and they make it legal to do what they're doing. It's still, all you're left with is the term immoral. That's all you're left with now, these days. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was just thinking in terms of um, somebody going to the doctor and the doctor vaccinates a child. Uh, child gets um, autism or, or some other illness. And uh, you find out later that the doctor refuses to vaccinate his own children. That's yeah, right. Yeah, he's given it, it to yours. I mean, surely yes. uh, a parent... And, and, then he, he, and then he'll also refute that it's harmed your child. It's, it's ultimate hypocrisy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the UK, the NHS in the UK have a, a vaccine damage payment scheme. And, yeah. yet, and yet they'll tell you it doesn't damage your child. So, I mean, it's crazy. But uh, even if you look at that, though, the, the amount of money they're they offer you um, is uh, dependent on what benefits you're on and all this and basically you lose everything else if you take this payment yeah. uh, so you're gonna, in the long term you're going to be worse off because your child's going to cost so much money to, uh, to look after I mean a, an example here uh, the autistic lad here he's, he's 12 years old he's 160 pounds uh, he's, he, he barely eats anything apart from chicken nuggets because that's all he'll eat yeah. um, uh, he drinks this um, false kind of milk, uh, this chocolate milk, that's, that's all he'll drink, sometimes water, um, and it's $200 a month on diapers, you know, um, but there's, there's no help, there's no help for that, it's, it's just and, and, many of them too. and many of them too, that, that, take, that, that take different uh, amounts of aid, have to write a legal, or sign a legal form that they'll never try and sue any of those companies, those vaccine companies they say uh, could have caused it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is there is no help for for this child. He's he's yeah. treated uh, by the state as uh, an ordinary child who who costs the same as you know somebody who's just went to the ordinary school. But the, the other thing, and we only got ten, 10 minutes left. The other thing was the um, the television and, and videos and computers. Now, uh, this little lad here, he, he's obsessed with um, certain cartoons, yeah. uh, particularly the the, uh, the trailer adverts on these videos. Uh-huh. And he'll repeat them over and over and over all day, the same one, over and over and over again. Uh, and I, I watched him yesterday, I think it was he, was, he was on the computer, and he was watching the, somebody had posted that. I mean, he's not, he's not um, unintelligent. He's very intelligent. He can spell things out in the computer, he just can't talk. Um, he knows what he's doing. 
and he knows how to find things on the computer. And he, he found a video for 20th Century Fox and all the different open sequences he's had over the years. Yeah. And he was, he was watching this constantly for maybe an hour, just back and forth, the whole thing. And uh, I, I don't know what it is. It's maybe it's a certain way the, the lights are on the computer or the TV that um, that makes them. I mean, it's it's almost an addiction. It, well, it's meant to be addictive, even for children who haven't got the diagnosis. Uh, it, it, incredible amount of science that goes into creating cartoons today. Is, is, they've got neuroscientists working with them. They always have had, by the way, and psychologists and, and the ones that put in the latest indoctrination of, of political correctness embed it in the cartoons and so on. But you also now have uh, MIT, you've got MIT working with them in different ones as well to, 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 to group certain pixel lines together too because they found the language itself, remember language is body, visual, auditory and, and tactile and so on. Uh, so, so it, it all comes together, and when you, and when you realise that there are certain things that you 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 won't consciously remember um, by seeing something, it's like subliminal, embedded little groups of pixels that flash little colours that are almost imperceptible to to your eye, are are, are highly acute to a child, uh, and um, and that hits them even faster. That that technology was invented by the Pentagon. And I've read the articles on the air in previous years from the Pentagon uh, talking about how they can manipulate um, the transmitters in the brain and so on, the signals and responses. And, so and they even claim so much so that if they wanted to, by transmitting certain uh, uh, um, frequencies and, and pixel groupings and certain flashing little colors that you can barely see, they can actually uh, alter not just the brainwave patterns of the recipient or the watcher, but they could also turn off uh, the signal that goes to your heart if they really had a nasty enemy to kill. And, and literally, you'd, 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 your heart would simply stop beating, you know. So uh, this is incredible stuff. But, I mean, when you realize what you're watching, everything's been weaponized. Uh, and when you have big social agendas that are imperative to, to the elites, all, they keep having world meetings about all of this stuff, about us. Uh, then they mean what they say, and they use, they've got unlimited financing from us. You know, the slaves always pay for their own chains or bullets that are used against them, and, uh, and, and they're, they're using it on the, on the general population. Yeah, yeah just, I just wondered if it's actually, you know, as you say, the, the imperceptible colors, colors that aren't visible yeah. to the, the, the normal human eye, if you like. And I'm wondering if he's actually seeing them. He, he, his, his, his brain won't have the, the, the various cloaks in between that, that tend to cloud it. And it'd be more acute to him because autistic children are far more perceptible to, to certain visual cues and so on. Uh, little things that may look normal to you can terrify them because they look huge to them sometimes. Uh, and even movements that, that, that are normal to you can be distorted almost like an LSD trip where a giant's coming towards you, but it's just another child. Uh, that can happen. So, so they can be more uh, easily affected and, uh, by these impulses on, on the brain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he actually watches the television. I mean, it's a color television. I mean, he's, he's the only one that watches it in the house. But it, it, he has to have it. It's just, you know, one of those things. Um, and he, he'll actually watch it through colored glass at sometimes different colored glass. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like glass bottles or something, or a colored plate or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, some, of his, some of his reactions are... It's almost like he's seeing something completely different from what what you're looking at. You know? Yeah, what you're what you're seeing is very similar to, to say LSD, 
uh, where, in fact, they brought out all these. Te- I don't know if you understand it. The LSD was brought out by the CIA and put across America. Uh, MI5 did it internally. They used to throw sacks of it over, literally free sacks, over the university walls to get them start. The students started using it. And they put out their, all their heroes, again, the personality cult as always, and then the people follow it, uh, Timothy Leary and so on. Uh, uh, and Alice Huxley's as well, Doja's perception and pushing all this stuff. But they even brought out, because they'd done all the experimentation on glasses uh, that they could wear, and then the, the, like John Lennon-type glasses, the little round ones, but they had uh, cut flat crystal pieces across them to give you, you almost like an ant's view or, or a bee's view uh, all around you with, of these different distortions, like different little, like a hundred different pictures all in the one eye, basically, uh, through these glasses. So they were they, they knew darn well what it does, and with autistic children, they sometimes have that similar effect. Uh, it has it on them too. So this all ties completely in to, to alterations of perception uh, according to the neurotransmitters and, and, and so on, the way they perceive in, in, in the brain, yeah. Yeah, Paulus just reminded me that uh, she took him to the, the movie theatre once and he passed out as soon yeah. as the movie started. Uh, just unconscious. Um, and they had to take him out, obviously. Um, but, you know, it's... Uh, it's uh, the, the, you talk about uh, the different reactions to things. There's a, there's a fan in the living room ceiling and uh, that, that was... If, if that's on when he comes back from school, he just, you know, he kind of freaks out a bit and uh, generally that, that's what happens. But uh, yesterday... He wanted it on. He switched it on, and he's standing laughing at it. It's just uh, yeah. you're you're never quite sure what's going to happen next, kind of thing. But that's um, right. you know, uh, that's the way it is. Um, any, I mean, where do you see this ending? I, I mean, are they trying to make everybody to some extent um, some on the on the autism spectrum somewhere? Well, they're trying to because they keep expanding that there are psychiatric definitions. Uh, attention deficit and ADHD and all, and on and on it goes. And then they bring it into a spectrum disorder. Then they normalise it. They've been normalising it for years, actually, uh, with special uh, classes in schools for special children. They call it, uh, and uh, and th- things like that never existed when I was young because we didn't have all the problems. We're all in the same classes. But today, it's, it's so obvious that they have to separate them or else get them special tuition. And then they dumb down the general classroom and the process so they're all having the same very, very basic and more minimalistic education, which again ties in with they're easier to manage because they think they're getting educated, but they're not. So they're, they've normalized the whole thing in society. That's what you do with a good crisis. You normalize it till it's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul has just mentioned video games. A lot of children have seizures from video games as well. I yeah. suppose that's the same thing as they essentially kind of overload uh, and, well, whatever, whatever it is they're seeing in the games themselves, of course, uh, we'll never know. Um, I mean, have you seen any studies where they, they're, they're deliberately putting things in uh, as a kind of experiment to see if people can see them or not? Yeah, the, 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 remember the military-industrial complex invented middle, uh, these games uh, to, to train their troops to desensitize them from killing. So the more they can do it in a fantasy world, just bang, 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 bang as you go through their game, uh, then, then the idea is that they'll, and it actually works, they'll just automatically kill, because it's not a normal thing to do killing like that. Uh, so they'll automatically kill uh, whatever they're told to kill, uh, to get through, and that works awfully well. Then they decided to market it to the children. They actually discussed, had top Pentagon uh, meetings about it, 
uh, where they knew they'd have all these wars in the, uh, the late 90s on, on going through the Middle East and so on. They, they had it all planned. Uh, and they, said they would need a population uh, that would grow up and be young enough, to, at just the right age, to join, to be a, a new military. And so basically they raised a whole generation on the video games just in time for it all. Gulf War I, uh, falling into to Gulf War II, really continuation of the same thing. To achieve all these objectives, they also militarize the public by giving them so many movies that, that it's all not They've militarized the, the terminology, boots on the ground, all these things are is all through the population's uh, vocabulary now too. So they militarized the general public as well uh, for this very very thing. So uh, these games desensitize you. Uh, the, st- the early studies that came out too, even in the 70s and 80s, they were having and 90s, they were having children having complete convulsions in Japan with some of the most, like Pac-Man and things like that. And it came out in Japan that they had been testing this out on children to see if they could induce seizures and so on, and it worked awfully well. That was mainstream at the time, yeah. Yeah, somebody actually just put that in the chat box, just that you were talking there, that there was an experimentation took place in Japan with some cartoons as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, that's... You you also see, too, with the flickering fan syndrome, depending on on the neurotransmitting uh, frequencies at that particular moment, uh, the, the, it's very much like a flickering TV. The old-fashioned TV sets that could flicker once in a while. They also could cause seizures and, and people who are prone to epilepsy. But a, a flickering fan can have a similar effect. It can cause, it can cause almost a, a, a euphoric experience, almost as if you're going out the body experience, Ooh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and sometimes it can cause you to, to be frightened with it because it can uh, alter different frequencies in the brain itself and make you get nervous or anxious. Yeah, yeah well, certainly, certainly the, the fan in the ceiling is. You know, it's, it's clear he's frightened of it at times. But uh, just yesterday, he was uh, he was looking up at it and laughing. That's but, right. Um, there you go. Um, okay, Alan, um, that's our hour flown by. Um, great to talk to you again, and uh, we'll speak to you next month. We need to arrange a, a, a different day because I think I'm travelling. Okay. Yeah. Um, possibly yeah. sort something else out there. Okay. Thanks again for your time, and uh, you look forward to you next month. You take care of yourself. Yep. You too. Okay. Yeah, you, you've got winter up here. It's still sunny down here, but okay. I'm, I'm below the zeros all the time here now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, talk to you next month. Okay. Cheers. Take care. Cheers, Thank you.